0: There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
1: Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Crouch, and here as always with Drew Dinsick. We're recording on Sunday night during a Bears-Chargers blockbuster. Uh, Next week's game will be better, I promise. Uh, Bill's Bengals, we'll get to that. But today we're going to recap uh, everything that happened during the Sunday slate and talk about the Week 9 openers uh, and then talk some Monday Night Football raiders lines to close. Drew, what was your big takeaway from Sunday's action?
2: Generally, a good day for me. Um, pretty satisfied with the sides. I had a couple of stinkers for totals, but that happens. Um, the Saints stood out in the morning as being a very, very real team. Um, that was impressive. Going up, you know, I I, I thought they, uh, you know, were clearly the right side uh, from Jump Street. There, they got off to a little bit of a rocky start, and then they hit the freaking gas, and it was just. That game was over. Uh, very cool to see uh, the Saints like actually play a complete, uh, you know, second half and not let the Colts back into that one. Um, I think uh, you know the Jags win was hugely consequential for them, uh, c- keeping control of the AFC South. Uh, the Panthers getting a win over the uh, Texans was pretty. Set- satisfying for me at least i felt like that game should have been around to pick them and i feel like it played two around to pick them so happy the uh the panthers won um but ultimately that uh, that was a big win for that young group um and then everything else in the morning was pretty chalky we have a new uh new MVP favorite in it i guess uh, he didn't even really inspire me that much today disagree. <laughs> i disagree too um but uh you know the uh, Dolphins bounced back after uh, you know getting their uh, tails handed to them on Sunday Night Football in Philly last week. Uh, that was impressive. Um, I guess you have to uh, give credit to the Tennessee Titans for getting Will Levis to playing at that level in, in one week. Uh, that was a surprise. He was uh, way, way more functional than I would have expected considering he had no preseason and only the one week of prep with the ones. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, the Jets-Giants is a game that happened.
1: That's one of the most (laughs) incredible games of football I've ever seen. And someone who needed the Jets in that uh, game—an absolute roller coaster. I, I can't, I can't imagine that Dable's strategy was optimal in that second half. One, obviously, you know, not completing a pass for a half isn't optimal. But then the end of game stuff too. Both times with the field goal. I don't understand why he called timeout, because it felt like the Jets were really rushing. And it felt like someone who was on the Jets, like they're running out of time. This is, it reminded me of, uh, was it Billy Cundiff? Was he the Baltimore Ravens kicker in like the 2011 AFC title game, where he comes on the field after they think Lee Evans has the touchdown, but he doesn't. uh, And then he sprays it violently to the left from memory. (laughs) Uh, And it felt like that was coming. Uh, And it almost happened on the second one, which I thought in real time it missed. And I don't think the people behind uh, the the goalposts had understood it and gone through either. But, yeah, a wild game. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't think there's much to take out of it from a macro sense because I don't think either of those teams are very good. I think Robert Sala now is is Tier 1 Coach of the Year uh, because he – Particularly with others falling around him. I think if he gets, if he's able to get to 11 and six, which I understand is unlikely, but that, that almost makes him a shoe in and he could win at 10 and seven as well. Uh, But Wilson was so bad, they may have a new quarterback uh, for next, for Monday night against the Chargers. And I'm not sure Wilson, well, we'll see. He was terrible today. Uh, I understand he made some throws at the end, but I thought he was awful. I guess because they won, they'll just stick with him. But I think that would be a terrible mistake. Uh, I mean, what do you think of the Jets going forward?
2: Uh, I think they're frauds in terms of <laughs> ha-
1: having any kind
2: of chance to make an AFC playoff picture. But, boy, like, yeah, I mean, credit to Salah for getting these guys to play this hard. Um, these are, you know, you, you don't luck into wins in the NFL. Like, they're a well-coached team. The defense certainly is is extremely talented uh three uh three really impressive wins in a row now against the uh, broncos eagles and giants it's just in in terms of like how did you do that <laughs> not in terms of like uh you know this is a team that we need to take seriously now it's interesting that you think it's uh, possible wilson gets benched before the chargers game i'm not sure where they go i'm not sure what they you know what what other options they realistically could uh um you know could expect to do better they i think they you know, the, the fact that they're winning probably keeps the veterans and, you know, kind of the leaders in that locker room from really, uh, you know, kind of demanding, you know, change. Um, and uh, Zach Wilson, if he can avoid the turnovers, is going to be in some of these games. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I don't think the Jets are, uh, are for real. And I think they, you know, they may hang out, hang around here on the fringes of the playoff picture, you know, quote unquote, in the hunt, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, the schedule, uh, doesn't necessarily get easier for them anytime soon with, uh, you know, some, some pretty tough tests down the stretch that I think will, uh, uh ultimately end their season.
1: Yeah. I think me thinking he might get benched is more, that uh, shows the divide between, you know, me just purely thinking Zach Wilson bad, get someone better, more mm-hmm. chance to win, uh, based but when I think you're actually on the team and involved in that and, how the morale is going to be, and just walking into the building and training this week. It would just be an extremely odd thing to bench Zach Wilson after such a momentous victory. Uh, but I think that they would certainly be better off with Jacoby Brissett or really anyone outside of Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, if he's going to be available after what Will Levis showed. I think yeah. to your point, the early slate, nothing really happened that was surprising outside of the injuries uh, where Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles and that Minnesota team, which was looking very dangerous for the playoffs, for potentially upending the Lions in the North. They seem now effectively done uh, if they're not going to have Kirk Cousins. Uh, Matthew Stafford, that looked kind of like a UCL on his thumb yeah. and that would be that would be big news for the Rams and, and effectively end their season and send it in a different direction. So we'll see what happens there. Outside of that, I mean, Kenny Pickett, uh, it is it is what it is at that point. Uh, Jacksonville are now tied for the one seed uh, in the AFC with a bunch of other teams. I thought not much happened in the morning slate, and then a ton happened in the afternoon yeah. slate. Cleveland-Seattle yeah. was a wild game, which ultimately, I guess there's not much to take away because Seattle closed four-point favourites or one by four points. But <laughs> the And Baltimore beat Arizona, whatever. That count wasn't as close as the final score. But the other two games, Kansas City-Denver, Cincinnati-San Francisco. Now, Kansas City-Denver, I'm not as worried about the Chiefs there. Mahomes looked disoriented. I've never seen him like that, and he was playing – very unwell, had an IV the day before, allegedly, and uh, he certainly looked like it. And so I'm not reading too much into that. The Broncos have been trending up a little bit in any case. So I'm not too worried about the Chiefs. I think it it's more a concern that, you know, they're no longer uh, in sole possession of the one seed as opposed to there's something wrong with this team. There might be something a little wrong with San Francisco because I think that was the big <laughs> result from the day overall where, they showed again that this defense isn't close to the unit that closed last season. And they also showed that their offensive line just isn't very good if Trent Williams isn't out there. Yeah. McCaffrey hasn't had room to run in a while now. And watching him, he like he is he's eking out these three-yard runs where there should be nothing there. And mm-hmm. previously he was using his talent to turn uh, five-yard runs into 25-yarders. Now yeah. he's using it to turn zero-yarders into three-yarders. Uh, and he's got nothing to work with there. Brock Purdy uh, continues to uh, have the, the shine taken off of him. He I thought he was excellent in the first half and then a zero out of 10 in the second half <laughs> in addition to the two picks. Threw across his body twice. To be fair, yeah, they both was. worked out uh, yeah. and he got away with it. But that was very much the Brock Purdy experience. He seems to have this thing where, and we were talking about a little bit before we go down here about how so many of his throws are to the deep middle of the field between defenders, like over the head of the linebacker before it reaches the safety. And it seems like these timing routes, they're so dependent on reading the movement of the linebacker. And it seems like linebackers have figured that you can just fake going one way and then come back the other way. And that's how he threw uh, his second pig, which effectively ended the game. So uh, what do you make of San Francisco going forward?
2: Yeah, I think um, your points are very valid. The concern about Purdy is probably real. They get two weeks to get him right. And presumably Trent Williams and presumably Debo Samuel, all these guys coming back off the bye. Niners team was four and four going into the bye last year. Jay, they lost some embarrassing games early in the season, including a two touchdown loss to the Falcons, an absolute just throttling at the hands of the Chiefs in prime time early in the season. Um, and you know, by the time we got to the end of the season, like they found their final form and they were absolutely nasty. So, I think that's probably still a reasonable expectation. And I guess the maybe more important point is uh, the NFC is the there are six teams that are very comfortably, in my opinion playoff teams in the NFC. And none of them are so good that they're going to run away with the one seed and put San Francisco in a position where continuing to pile these losses up uh, has them on the road for the second and third week of the playoffs. Um, so I think, you know, the, you know, the fact that Seattle got a very hard fought win doesn't help the Niners. Uh, the fact that the uh, Cowboys look good doesn't help the Niners. The fact that the Eagles got an ugly win doesn't help the Niners, but at the same time, like those, you know, those, those, the the class of the West and the in the East, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, the Seahawks, and I would put Detroit and I would put uh, the Saints now in the mix for six clear playoff teams in the NFC, and everybody else is either wildly flawed or just flat out bad. Uh, and so there's going to be a seven team, I guess. <laughs> and realistically, if the Niners don't get the one seed, they're probably going to get the two seed. And that means they'll probably draw the seventh seed and be ten point favorites in the first round of the playoffs at home. So I don't really think there's much like long term worry here. But uh, you know, I, I you know teams teams tend to be able to self scout during the bye week and you know the Niners had a really tough stretch here of you know uh tricky travel uh right into their bye and you know though this is probably a good time for them to do some self scouting and some self evaluation and uh you know try to clean up some of the aspects of the the play right now that's just not impressive so the talent's still there I'm guessing at full health this is still going to be a team that I'm expecting in the NFC championship game against the winner of uh Cowboys-Eagles, uh, which is uh, a fun uh, match that we have coming up here. But, yeah, I, I just don't think anyone's running away from them.
1: No. I think the concern is, is that two, three weeks ago, they were red odds to get the one seed in the True. NFC. And their average outcome was like 13 or 14 wins. And now they're going to be on a dogfight just to win their division. And if they don't win their division, then all of a sudden you've got Brock Purdy going on the road three times in the playoffs against what, you know, should be relatively difficult opposition. Uh, and so that's the concern. And their schedule, they have an easy well, I don't really have an easiest patch because here's the thing. So they have the bye week now, which is much, much needed. And then three of their first four games out of the bye, road games, at Jacksonville, at Seattle, at Philadelphia – Like, if they go one and two in those games, then all of a sudden they're in huge trouble, uh, and then they're fighting to make the playoffs, uh, which presumably they will, and then the schedule gets easier after that. They'll be material favorites in all of their last five games. But uh, there are some concerns around the Niners. Let's see how they look, though, when they get Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back, uh, presumably (laughs) after the five. That is now a massive game in Week 10 at Jacksonville because there's going to be one seed implications, I think, uh, for both conferences out of that one. (laughs) All right, before we get to the Week 9 openers, two of the NFL's best quarterbacks face off this week on Sunday night. Don't miss Josh Allen and the Bills facing off against the rejuvenated and spry and sprinting Joe Burrow and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Coverage of this AFC clash begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock.
0: At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me. Pick me. And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies.
1: Let's talk uh, week nine Broncos, Lions, Jags, 49ers, all on by Titan Steelers, the Thursday night clash uh, to kick off the week. The uh, Will Levis looked phenomenal. I know you mentioned it <laughs> briefly. Some of the throws that he were making was yeah. just uh, absolutely pristine. So good for yeah. you, Will. Uh, did any, I think the marquee games, there's a, there's a few of them. One, Chiefs, two-point favourites uh, against the Dolphins in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens are five-point favourites, home to the Seahawks. Uh, and then the, the Sunday night game uh, is immense. Bengals, two-point favourites, uh, home to the Bills, which surprised me. I thought that was going to be more like pick. Uh, to me, the line, though, that jumped out the most out of all of these was that the Falcons are only three and a half point favorites home to the Vikings? The Vikings don't have a quarterback. How is that line <laughs> not bigger? I don't I didn't get that at all. Uh, there's buzz that uh, there
2: may be a trade. Uh, I don't know that Minnesota's going to just give up on the season. Um, okay. We'll see. Uh, there are there's an abundance of quarterbacks in the desert, Jay. I don't know if, uh, if you <laughs> caught any of that. Uh, uh, that Josh Dobbs performance it just <laughs> a hellacious beat on uh, on any. Laying the points with the Ravens, I, yeah, uh, for four, per, yeah, a four percent uh, onside kick recovery leading to three <laughs> points to get that one home was a rough way to end the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but all that said, uh, you know that that uh, that does stand out. I think realistically, that's probably like a six pointer, and we don't really know what's going on with the uh, the quarterback situation in Atlanta either. R. Smith came out after the game and implied it wasn't a performance thing that they benched Ritter, but I, I, that feels like maybe. Coach speak, and they just want to look at the tape and decide next week if they're going to go with Heineke for the duration here. But um, it was, uh, in my opinion, at least that that <laughs> that's probably going to go out to six uh, once we get a little bit more information on uh, who exactly or what the exact plans are in Minnesota. Um, I was surprised that the Kansas City Chiefs came off of three. Um, there wasn't anything game breaking that we learned in that Broncos game against the Chiefs. It's just that. Pat Mahomes is mortal. He can get sick, just like us. Uh, and so, you know, I think, you know, a, 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 you know, cleaner week of practice for him, and you know, space from the whatever illness he's dealing with is probably uh, good enough to put that back at three. So, I'm inclined to bet Casey at two and a half if that's what uh, we get when it's you know, once limits start to coming up here. Uh, and then, similarly, uh, surprised that uh, Dallas Philly is at three. Um, you know, Philly is at the very, very top of their, you know, kind of price point right now, market-wide, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's time to start selling some Philly uh, with their schedule coming up combined with uh, just in general this idea that they're like a clean three points better than Dallas. I don't see it. Uh, so I'm going to be on the Cowboys uh, in that uh, fun Dallas-Philly game. But, uh, no, overall, uh, kind of excited for this week of, uh, of games coming up. And, um, you know, the – it's it's going to be tough not to just hold your nose and play Green Bay and Atlanta with the uh, quarterback situations going on with Minnesota and, uh, and the L.A. Rams.
1: Yeah, with Cowboys-Eagles, I think the big thing there is that uh, and I know his, his stats were incredible uh, and he got the job done. But Jalen Hurts is literally like limping to the line of scrimmage. Like he's not right at all. He's not close to right. And he was yeah. able to get by uh, today against a woeful commander's defense uh, and AJ Brown. who, By the way, AJ Brown's still 12 to 1 to an offensive player of the year. I'm not convinced he should really have longer odds than McCaffrey at this point. Like the Niners are 5 and 3 and scuffling, and McCaffrey can't do anything on the grounds. AJ Brown has 939 yards in eight games and five touchdowns, and is surging. And that team is going to be playing a lot of brutal games the next month or so, uh, where presumably they're going to have to be throwing. So, and also, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be running the ball a ton when he's limping. Uh, so he may even need to be more of a passer. So I don't understand that price at all, uh, and really just because of Jalen's health and also the fact that it's going to be washed away because they won the game by seven points, whatever, but, Mm -hmm. like, the Commanders were favourites in that game at stages in the second half, and Sam Howell, until he made two absolutely brutal throws on third and fourth down on the key drive, Sam Howell was dicing the Eagles up. uh, And with the way that Prescott... And the Cowboys have been rolling the past two weeks. Uh, And also just how Prescott eviscerated the Eagles when they played at the end of last year. Uh, I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to to move the ball through the air against the Eagles. And I think that the Cowboys' defense, which hasn't been as all-world as it was the first couple of weeks, but we're pretty good against the Rams in the first half. Uh, And I'm more confident in their defense than I am in Philly. So I like the call there.
0: There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Pick me! Pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or
1: download the app today for your ticket to the movies anything else that jumped out or do you want to move to Raiders lines?
2: Yeah, let's talk about Raiders Lions. Everything else is going to be injury related like I don't have a take at all on Buffalo Cincinnati and where that's going to be. That was a big move off the look ahead and uh, I, I, I'm going to need to rewatch uh Niners Bengals to see if that wasn't just a little bit of a noisy outcome uh, in some ways. So uh, that was that, that, that one's the one that I'm going to probably spend the most time next couple of days trying to crack into.
1: Yeah, I know like a, a lot has changed since the AFC divisional round, but what were the Bills six point favorites home yeah. to Cincy, and now yeah. they're two point dogs in Cincy? Like it's mostly this, I know the Bills' defense is is more banged up. The Bengals are also uh, bizarrely the healthier team uh, at this point, and Burrow is is back. He's just one hundred percent Burrow, and zero concerns about his health at the moment, but, yeah, I'm a little surprised by that because minus two is saying the Bengals are slightly better than the Bills on neutral. I'm not sure I can quite get there yet, so I'd be on the Bills at plus two. But let's talk Raiders-Lions. Uh, and I don't feel great about this, but I don't understand why the Raiders are seven-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, I've been operating with the idea that the Lions are about two-and-a-half points better than your average team on neutral, and the Raiders are about... One and a half points worse when Jimmy G is a quarterback. Uh, and I'm not sure if the Raiders' defensive performance was just so atrocious against Chicago that that has manifestly changed their rating. But I thought this was going to be, uh, you know, more like six, six and a half. I'm surprised it's on the other side of seven. But what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, the market isn't uh, really giving Jimmy G credit <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like this was, this was like eight and a half, nine. When it was truly not known whether Jimmy G was going to go and it was like probably going to be Aiden O'Connell. Um, and now that we know it's Jimmy at seven and a half doesn't seem like a fair adjustment. Um, my uh, you're your kind of set up there is it's exactly where I am. I'm I'm at with this team. I, I'm, I think I am higher than market on Lions and I'm at like three points better than an average team. Um, but the Raiders are, you know, the Ra- Raiders are fine. They're not a good team, but uh, this should be six and a half by my number. So the fact that we're across the touchdown has me uh, into some Raiders here. Um, as far as like how the game state will go and how the uh, you know how this uh, will play out, it's it was tough to watch the um, Lions Ravens tape from last week and come away with uh, any conclusion about the Lions just not getting out physical in that game, which was a surprise. Uh, and they lost in the trenches on both offense and defense, which was, um, you know, kind of an unexpected outcome from that game. And, you know, that definitely the fact that you have Max Crosby on the field for the Raiders defensively is is enough of a potential chaos merchant to really uh, impact what Jared Goff wants to do. Um, and then on the flip side, if you're getting pass broke for Jimmy G, he's fine. Like, he's going to be able to score. He'll get some, you know, get them into the 17 to 20-point range. So you basically just need to kind of put a decent lid uh, on the Lions output, keep them in, like, 28-point range, uh,
1: and you get a decent shot to get this cover. And I think the Raiders can do that. Amon Ross St. Brown is also questionable as well with mm-hmm. Anil. so It seems like he should be okay to go, but that's a little bit of uncertainty there too so yeah i don't understand the disrespect for jimmy g whatever you think of him he is a very competent quarterback in ways that aiden o'connell and brian hoyer haven't demonstrated at all so i would have thought this would precipitate a bigger movement and that it should be at worst seven and then i would have thought on the other side of seven uh but we'll see maybe the market is seeing something uh in detroit that uh that i do not all right uh we are done don't forget to check out nbcsports.com for more information to help you with your wages thanks to those watching on the NBC sports youtube channel please rate and subscribe if you're listening to us in podcast form and also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC sports shows on amazon music just head to amazon.com I'm jay croucher and drew dinsick we'll see you tomorrow